I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. On this episode of Newt's World, this is the second of a two-part series on the State of Georgia's Election Integrity Act of 2021, which was signed into law by Governor Brian Kemp on March 25, 2021. The act has ignited a discussion about free and fair elections. Part two is about President Joe Biden, the legendary smear artist, and Biden's role in inciting the woke left to think of the new law as, quote, un-American and, quote, sick. The truth is, President Joe Biden has a long history of using lies and smears throughout his political career. The lies he's publicly told about the Georgia Election Integrity Act should not shock us at all if we look at his history going all the way back to the nomination of Judge Bork for Supreme Court Justice in 1987 when Biden was the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. On this episode, we'll look at Biden's lies about Georgia and the fact that he's lied throughout his public life when it suits him for political gain. I want to start by having you listen to Biden in his own words talk about the Georgia Election Integrity Act. What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. Deciding in some states that you cannot bring water to people standing in line waiting to vote. Deciding that you're going to end voting at five o'clock when working people are just getting off work. Now, notice the strength of that language. Un-American. It's sick. He goes, it's sick twice. Now, the problem is everything he's describing is a lie. 
On March 26th, Biden released an official White House statement saying, among the outrageous parts of this new state law, it ends voting hours early so working people can't cast their vote after their shift is over. That's not true. In fact, it's so untrue, and this is really hard for a liberal Democrat, it's so untrue that the Washington Post had a story on March 30th saying, quote, Biden falsely claims the new Georgia law ends voting hours early, giving him four Pinocchios. Now, according to Washington Post, four is the most Pinocchios they give you. So no matter how much you lie, you can't get five, six, seven Pinocchios. There's no bonus for extra lying. But this is an amazing story. In this article, the Washington Post said, one could understand a flub at a news conference. But then this same claim propped up in an official presidential statement. Not a single expert we consulted who has studied the law understood why Biden made this claim, as this was the section of law that expanded early voting for many Georgians. Somehow, Biden managed to turn that expansion into a restriction aimed at working people, calling it, quote, among the outrageous parts of the law. There is no evidence that this is the case. The president earns four Pinocchios. Now, I want you to think about what they just said. The Washington Post, one of the leading liberal newspapers in America, gives President Biden four Pinocchios because he was just plain lying. And he didn't just lie once. He then came back and lied again. On March 31st, a day after the Washington Post story came out, just to show you how impervious to the truth Joe Biden is, Joe Biden went on ESPN and told exactly the same lie. But listen to him in his own words. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia and 40 other states. What it's all about. Imagine passing a law saying you cannot provide water or food for someone standing in line to vote. Can't do that? Come on. Or you're going to close a polling place at 5 o'clock when working people just get off? Now... It's fascinating to me that the term Jim Crow just happens to fit into Stacey Abrams having two weeks before gotten the website jimcrow2.com. And think about this. She's already decided it's a Jim Crow law before it's a law. Then she somehow gets the President of the United States to use the name of her website. Then you have people all over the place saying things. I just today saw a Democrat fundraising email from the mayor of Atlanta who starts by lying. The title is something about how people can't get water when they're standing in line. And she's outraged when it's hot in Georgia and you can't get water. It's a total lie. The bill specifically provides that the election officials can give you water. Who can't give you water are political campaigns. The lies just go on and on, and it doesn't seem to matter when people say to them, it's just not true. And then I began to think back to my memories of Joe Biden, because we had served together when he was in the Senate. And his first great experience, I think, in smearing as an art form was going after Robert Bork. Robert Bork was a very intellectual, very serious professor of law, nominated to the Supreme Court by Ronald Reagan. And he was so viciously smeared that in the Oxford English Dictionary, to Bork is, quote, to defame or vilify a person systematically. And who was the chairman of the Judiciary Committee when Borking occurred? 
Joe Biden. In fact, it's really fascinating because it turns out that Biden had just dropped out of the presidential race because he had been caught stealing verbatim Neil Kinnock, the British labor leader's personal speech, which is a great speech, about growing up in a Welsh village. And I started thinking as I was coming over here, why is it that Joe Biden is the first in his family ever to go to a university? Why is it that my wife who's sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? People in Britain would have been familiar with those words. They heard the same ones in a political commercial from Labour Party leader Neil Kinnock. Why am I the first Kinnock in a thousand generations to be able to get the university? Why is Glenys the first woman in her family in a thousand generations? Biden saw the Kinnock commercial and evidently loved it. Was it because they were weak? Those people who could wait, work eight hours underground and then come up and play football, weak. My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania and come up after 12 hours and play football for four hours. Biden had told other audiences he admired Kinnock, not this one. This one, he later said, he had listening in hushed silence. No, it's not because they weren't as smart. It's not because they didn't work as hard. It's because they didn't have a platform upon which to stand. Anybody really think that they didn't get what we had because they didn't have the talent or the strength or the endurance or the commitment? Of course not. It was because there was no platform upon which they could stand. But he literally gives the speech verbatim uh, and the press figures it out. And so he's driven from his first presidential campaign, and he desperately needs something to rehabilitate himself. And he decides that he will, frankly, smear Robert Bork. And think about it. Biden creates a smear so obvious that it's now a word in the dictionary. What was tragic for Bork, who never fully recovered, because he was one of the most qualified lawyers of his generation. He was widely popular, especially with conservatives. He was thought to have a great chance of being confirmed in the Senate. President Reagan, on nominating him, gave a sense of what an extraordinary man this was. And I think it's worth listening to President Reagan as a contrast with smearing and lying Joe Biden. It's with great pleasure and deep respect for his extraordinary abilities that I today announce my intention to nominate United States Court of Appeals Judge Robert H. Bork to be an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. Judge Bork is recognized as a premier constitutional authority. His outstanding intellect and unrivaled scholarly credentials are reflected in his thoughtful examination of the broad, fundamental legal issues of our times. When confirmed by the Senate as an appellate judge in 1982, the American Bar Association gave him its highest rating, exceptionally well-qualified. On the bench, bench, he has been well-prepared, even-handed, and open-minded. Taking this action today, I'm mindful of the importance of this nomination. The Supreme Court of the United States is the custodian of our Constitution. Justices of the Supreme Court must not only be jurists of the highest competence, they must be attentive to the specific rights guaranteed in our Constitution and the proper role of the courts in our democratic system. 
Judge Bork widely regarded as the most prominent and intellectually powerful advocate of judicial restraint, shares my view that judges' personal preferences and values should not be part of their constitutional interpretations. The guiding principle of judicial restraint recognizes that under the Constitution, it is the exclusive province of the legislatures to enact laws and the role of the courts to interpret them. We're fortunate to be able to draw upon such an impressive legal mind, an experienced judge and a man who already has devoted so much of his life to public service. He'll bring credit to the court and his colleagues, as well as to his country and the Constitution. Justice Lewis Powell, in announcing his retirement, said the court should not be hampered by operating at less than full strength. And with this in mind, I urge the Senate to expedite its consideration of Judge Bork so the court will have nine justices when its October term begins. And I have every expectation that it will do so. No matter how good Bork was, Biden suddenly had a problem. His presidential campaign had collapsed. He'd been attacked over plagiarism. He was losing any prestige he had. He was beginning to be a joke. And so he moved to attack Bork to rehabilitate himself. And in fact, he turned it into a classically self-denying moment of sacrifice. But listen to him describe how he makes this choice. Now, he doesn't quite explain that he's not choosing between running for president because he's being driven out of the race. But here's what Biden himself said. And therefore, it seems to me I have a choice. I have to choose between running for president and doing my job to keep the Supreme Court from moving in a direction that I believe to be truly harmful. Now, he went to work helping Teddy Kennedy smear. And Kennedy's attack was just unbelievably vicious. Here's what Teddy Kennedy said about Robert Bork. In Robert Bork's America, there is no room at the end for blacks and no place in the Constitution for women. And in our America, there should be no seat on the Supreme Court for Robert Bork. Mr. Bork has been equally extreme in his opposition to the right to privacy. In an article in 1971, he said, in effect, that a husband and wife have no greater right to privacy under the Constitution than a smokestack has to pollute the air. What I hear you're saying here now is that the test that was used uh, about 90 years ago and which was the basis for discrimination against women is uh, the standard uh, that uh, you would use. You might uh, be able to elaborate on it, but that's at least what I'm uh, hearing. Well, I don't know that it was the basis for discrimination against women, but I think that society saw all kinds of distinctions, legal distinctions between men and women as entirely reasonable and rational. This society no longer sees them that way, and that is fine. Well, I, I just and I take 30 more seconds, Mr. Chairman, on numerous occasions over the last 16 years Bork, you've suggested the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution does not ban discrimination against women. Now you're suggesting the Supreme Court should apply the same lax standard to sex discrimination cases that applies in challenges to air pollution ordinances or economic regulations. You've also disapproved the Equal Rights Amendment. And finally, you also suggested in a 1985 opinion that the Civil Rights Act offers little, if any, protection against any one of the ugliest forms of gender discrimination, individual 
sexual harassment on the job. We've made great progress in the country in the last 20 years in giving women equal status under law, and I think the controversy has largely been settled. You would have uh, the Supreme Court evidently roll back the clock and uh, reopen old wounds. Very similar to the way that Biden now is talking about Jim Crow. He may just have learned this from Teddy Kennedy. Bork came out and said all of these accusations were false. Just as, by the way, Governor Kemp has come out and pointed out that every accusation about the Georgia law is false. But the news media was in full savagery. They went after Bork. The Democrats went after Bork. The Washington Post on July 10th, 1987, published an article which said, quote, while claiming that Judge Bork will have a full and fair hearing, Senator Joseph Biden this week has pledged to civil rights groups that he will lead the opposition to the confirmation. As the Queen of Hearts said to Alice, sentence first, verdict afterward. How can he possibly get a fair hearing from Biden, who has already cast himself as the role of prosecutor instead of juror in the Judiciary Committee? If there is a strong, serious case to be argued against Judge Bork, why do so many Democrats seem unwilling to make it and afraid to listen to the other side? So even the Washington Post is recognizing that Biden, instead of being the impartial chairman of the committee, giving Bork a fair hearing, working with Teddy Kennedy, and the smear campaign worked, which is something which taught Biden a technique, that if you smear hard enough and you smear with a straight face, that somehow it works. There were people who were truly offended. One of them was Senator John Danforth, Republican from Missouri, who said before the vote, The man's been trashed in our house. Some of us helped generate the trashing. Others of us yielded to it. But all of us, myself included, all of us have been accomplices to it. All of us who haven't spoken out have been accomplices to it. All of us who have sat there, not just members of the committee, but members of the Senate, and let these ads go on, and let this trashing go on, and let this good man be characterized as some sort of Frankenstein's monster without raising a voice against it. All of us are accomplices. Biden responded to Senator Danforth saying that this notion is one heck of an indictment. Listen to Biden's explanation of what he was doing. It seems to me what the senator is indicting is less the process than the Senate. For if the senator is suggesting that 50, I predict 57, possibly 58 of our colleagues today who are going to vote against Judge Bork are doing so because they have succumbed to the raw pressure wherever from wherever it was generated it seems to me that's one heck of an indictment of your colleagues because if you insist that that's the reason they're voting why they did not because of the caliber of the testimony and the people who testified against him not because of his record then it seems to me that the indictment is not so much of the system but the indictment is of the lack of courage of individual members of the Senate. And that, to me, is an awfully, awfully, awfully strong indictment. Uh, I, uh, I'm not being facetious when I say this. I have a higher opinion 
of the ability of my colleagues to do what's right than apparently the senator from Missouri does. Biden, after the Senate rejected Bork's nomination, responded to claims about a smear campaign. Now, this is Biden's explanation. This notion, this notion. I heard this morning lynch mobs. I heard from another senator this morning, $15 million ad campaigns. Where I come from, they call that making things up out of whole cloth. It's bizarre. It's ridiculous. Look at the record. It was fascinating that Mrs. Joe Biden was so candid about what happened to Bork. She said, the he she's referring to here is Joe Biden, her husband. Quote, he needed to be vindicated. It was about Bork. It was about Bork's politics. But it was also about Joe. In other words, for Joe's career, Bork had to be Borked. And I think having her say it that openly and that directly should convince anybody who had any doubts that this was a deliberate smear for the furtherance of Joe Biden's career. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. 
You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. To invent a word, to be borked, meaning to be smeared, is itself sort of an unusual achievement. But it didn't stop there. If it had only been the Bork nomination, I don't think you could make nearly as strong a case about Biden as a serial smear artist. But it came up again because when President George H.W. Bush nominated Clarence Thomas to the Supreme Court in 1991, Thomas was attacked about relations with a woman named Anita Hill. And at the time, by the way, The American people did not believe Anita Hill. In fact, there was a substantial majority that thought she was not telling the truth, that it was just another smear. And specifically, it is Joe Biden who once again is engaged in smearing somebody. When Biden went after Thomas, and it got to be, I remember it vividly, it got to be a very emotional, very high-stakes moment. The fact is that at that time, Thomas rescued his own nomination in an extraordinary statement directly at the committee. And I remember at the time, because I knew the people who were working with Thomas, that he insisted that he was going to answer them and he was going to go straight at them. And if that meant that he was defeated, that was fine. But he was not going to tolerate being smeared by these politicians who had no honor and no sense of honesty. And Thomas was a tough guy. He'd gone to a Catholic school. He had grown up in Georgia under segregation. He swore in Callista as ambassador, what's called administrative swearing in. I remember we sat around chatting and he said, you know, I used to go to the library in the afternoon and none of my school friends liked the idea that I really liked to read. And so I would go and hide and read And he learned a great deal. He's a very, very smart, very decent human being. And so he is determined to set the record straight. And I thought it was one of the most powerful and most emotional statements. And I want you to hear Clarence Thomas, now Justice Thomas, in his own words. Committee will please come to order. Judge, tough day and tough night for you, I know. Let me... uh Ask, do you have anything you'd like to say before we begin? I understand that uh, your preference is, uh, which is totally and completely understandable, that we go one hour tonight, 30 minutes on each side. Is Am I correct in that? That's right. Do you have anything you'd like to say? Senator, I would like to start by saying unequivocally, uncategorically, that I deny each and every single allegation against me today that suggested in any way that I had conversations of a sexual nature or about pornographic material with Anita Hill, that I ever attempted to date her, that I ever had any personal sexual interest in her, or that I in any way ever harassed her. A second, and I think more important point, I think that this today is a travesty. I think that it is disgusting. I think that this hearing should never occur in America. 
this is a case in which this sleaze, this dirt, was searched for by staffers of members of this committee, was then leaked to the media, and this committee and this body validated it and displayed it at prime time over our entire nation. How would any member on this committee, any person in this room, or any person in this country would like sleaze said about him or her in this fashion, or this dirt dredged up in this gossip and these lies displayed in this manner. How would any person like it? The Supreme Court is not worth it. No job is worth it. I'm not here for that. I'm here for my name, my family, my life, and my integrity. I think something is dreadfully wrong with this country when any person, any person in this free country would be subjected to this. This is not a closed room. There was an FBI investigation. This is not an opportunity to talk about difficult matters privately or in a closed environment. This is a circus, it's a national disgrace. And from my standpoint, as a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves, to do for themselves, to have different ideas. And it is a message that unless you kowtow to an old order, this is what will happen to you. You will be lynched, destroyed, caricatured by a committee of the U.S. U.S. Senate rather than hung from a tree. He describes a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks. And, of course, that's now mutated into a high-tech lynching for anybody who's conservative, which was what Joe Biden is now doing. Biden subjected Thomas to what Thomas described as a high-tech lynching over the accusation by Anita Hill that Biden knew were false. And it's very interesting to watch because in the modern left, you cannot say that Anita Hill lied. That would guarantee that you'd be destroyed and you could never be a candidate in the Democratic Party. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Biden goes on The View, and it's actually a very funny segment to watch because they're trying to coach him into how to say that he was wrong and how to apologize. And he claims that he always believed in Eda Hill. So listen to Biden in his own words on The View on April 26, 2019. So welcome to The View apology tour. (laughs) I know something about it. Believe me, we all do. Okay? You're not alone in this one. I'm proud of my record. (laughs) Okay. So let's go to this one. This is is another area that, that, uh, you know, uh, early this month you reached out to Anita Hill and uh, you personally expressed some regret to her about the way you behaved, I guess, back in 1991 when you were on the Senate committee. Um, You didn't vote for Clarence Thomas, right? Not only didn't I vote for Clarence Thomas, I believed her from the beginning. I was against Clarence Thomas. I did everything in my power to defeat Clarence Thomas. And he's won by the smallest margin anyone ever won going on the Supreme Court. But she she was not 100% happy with your discussion with her. So here's your opportunity right now to just say you apologize, you're sorry. I think we can clean this up right now. Well, by the way, I I did. I understand. uh, Look, I'm not going to judge whether or not it was appropriate, whether she thought it was sufficient. But I said privately what I've said publicly. I am sorry she was treated the way she was treated. I wish we could have figured out a better way to get this thing done. I did everything in my power to do what I thought was within the rules to be able to stop things. But look, take a look at what's happened. What I did when we got past, when we got through that god-awful experience she'd been through, she's one of the reasons why we have the Me Too movement. She's one of the reasons why I was able to finish writing the Violence Against Women Act. Mm -hmm. She's one of the reasons why I committed and that was over. There'd never be a judiciary committee I was involved with that didn't have women on it. Mm-hmm. So I went out and made a, got a commitment that the women I campaigned for would come on the committee. Yeah. Uh, so she, she, she's responsible for significant changes, and she deserves credit for it. And uh, one of the things you saw is, how about the last hearing? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, it, what we haven't, there's so much more work to do to figure out. How, the, the one important thing I know, is, and if there's anything in terms of mindset of, of, of Supreme Court hearings in those kinds of circumstances, 
Supreme Court hearing is not a trial. It's a job interview. Mm -hmm. It's a job interview. And you don't have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt anything as to why you shouldn't put so-and-so on the court. And uh, so, I, I, look, I, I I I'm grateful she took my call. You, um you know, for as long as I have, I, I don't know why it took you so long to call her. I wish it had happened earlier. Well, I, 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 I tell you what the deal was. I, I did not, um, since I had publicly apologized for the way she was treated, I had publicly said it, I publicly had given for out credit for her, what, the, the contribution she made to change, begin to change this culture in a significant way, that... Um, what I didn't want to do, and I didn't want to, quote, invade her space. I didn't mm -hmm. want to get in the situation where this became. And then I, when I heard all this about the, and it was legitimate, expecting a call every time the phone rang. Why we, and so I, I spoke to some leading women advocates in this area, who, someone knew her, and I said, could you see whether she'd take my call. Yeah. And but, I was grateful she took my call. You know, I think what she wants you to say is, I'm sorry for the way I treated you, not for the way you were treated. I think that would be well, closer. Well, but, but um, I'm sorry the way she got treated. In terms of, I never heard, say, if you go back and look what I said and didn't say, I, I, I don't think I treated her badly. I took on her opposition, what I couldn't figure out how to do, and we still haven't figured it out. Yeah. How do you stop people from asking inflammatory questions? How do you stop these character assassinations outside? There was a full-blown attack on her in order to try to get um, uh, the defense, quote-unquote, for uh, Clarence Thomas. And, uh, and I am, I, 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 no woman or any victim of harassment should ever be put through that circumstance mm -hmm. in public hearing. Yeah. And uh, and so, look, if you notice, we're all still looking for how do you change the process of having the hearing? Do you, do you do it in camera? Do you do it, uh, you know? And One of the things I read she said is that she wants to see the issue elevated, that she's, you know, she's willing to be open to you, but she wants to see this issue treated fairly and elevated. So I, how do you, how do, you do that? was also not having the other women testify. Right. The other women that would have been able to well, corroborate the, what happened. The truth is sure. that uh, the key witness uh, wanted to testify. We decided she didn't want to testify. We actually sent her a document and saying, I want you to come Another to her woman. lawyers in a hotel. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and, and, and I had it signed, if you do not, I, I want you to come. Mm. But if you don't want to come, sign this. Tell me it's real. And we, there, there is a document saying that. Now, people will then say, well, why didn't you call her anyway? Well, I thought the issue was to try to not, to make it clear that I believed Anita, excuse me, Dr. Hill. I believed what she was saying. And what would happen if someone came and said, well, I, I, I'm not going to say anything? Mm. That would have guaranteed yeah. that this happened. Mm. So, right. so look, there, there are a lot of mistakes made across the board. And for those, I apologize that we, we may have been able to do and conduct it better. But uh, I believed Dr. Hill from the beginning. Mm -hmm. From the beginning. Yes. And I said it. Yeah. I said it. Okay. And... Uh, so, Maybe she'll uh, come on the show with you here. That would be a nice... Well, by the way, I, I'm prepared to do that. I, look, I, 
I just think she is a remarkable person. Think Historical of what she, figure, really. No, she really is. Yeah. And it's remarkable what she was able to generate. What, and some of you may remember uh, that. Well, anyway. Biden consistently lied about this. Harlan Specter, former senator, now passed away, is the one who wrote that Biden had said directly to him, it was clear to me from the way that she was answering the questions that Hill was lying. But there's another witness. Again, Senator John Danforth, one of the most respected members of the Senate in his generation. He was Thomas's primary sponsor. He later said that Biden promised Thomas and his wife that if Hill's allegations leaked, he, Biden, would be Thomas's most adamant and vigorous defender. Thomas and his wife have said that Biden called them after reading the FBI reports and assured them that there was no merit to Hill's accusation. So you have a series of independent witnesses, each on their own saying that Biden did not believe Hill. But of course, when he was running for president, he could never have said that, because then he could never have been nominated. Biden, even during the hearings, shifts his own position, having promised Danforth that he would protect Thomas if these were leaked, having promised Clarence Thomas and his wife that there was no merit. This is what he said in 1991 in explaining to the court why the FBI reports are, quote, inconclusive. The next person that refers to an FBI report as being worth anything obviously doesn't understand anything. FBI explicitly does not, in this or any other case, reach a conclusion. Period. Period. So, Judge, there's no reason why you should know this. The reason why we cannot rely on the FBI report, you wouldn't like it if we did, because it is inconclusive. They say he said, she said, and they said, period. So when people wave an FBI report before you, understand, they do not, they do not, they do not reach conclusions. They do not make, as my friend points out, more adequate. They do not make recommendations. Now you're hearing him say that the reports don't prove anything. And you hear him say that he did not believe her. And in the middle of all this, you have him presiding over a set of hearings which were designed to smear Clarence Thomas. Biden, faced with what he believed were false accusations, understood that inside the Democratic Party, he had no choice. And so he ruthlessly attacked Clarence Thomas, and I think was just one more example. So now you have the early Biden smear against Bork in the 1980s. You have the later Biden smear against Clarence Thomas in the 1990s. And then you get to today's smear in which the President of the United States knowingly, deliberately says things that are not true, and does so because he understands that if the truth is the base of what we're going to do, then his side has no hope, and therefore, what's an occasional lie and a little smear among friends? You can read about Joe Biden, the smear artist, on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks 
to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at viking.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.